Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz on the phone lines with me. We are back after a couple weeks off. I was out of town. Schedules were misaligned. Uh, Baseball is rolling. But we're going to talk some football recruiting in this podcast. Stay tuned. Uh, I believe tomorrow, after you hear this, will be the um, will be the baseball podcast, the baseball preview podcast for the rest of the College World Series. Uh, but this is recruiting, 2020 recruiting, maybe a little bit of 2021, depending on on how things shake out. Uh, but Steve, you've broken it down, looking at this huge recruiting weekend coming up. Uh, probably, if not the biggest of the year, one of the two or three biggest of the year. They're really trying to make make things happen this weekend. Who? Who is the most important priority or target or player that, that Michigan fans should be keeping an eye on this weekend? There, there are, I'd say there are a few guys that fit. Um, more I think about it, I think I'm actually going to kind of split it into two. I think A.J. Henning, the receiver out of the top target out of Frankfurt, Illinois, uh, top 100 guy. A guy that's mentioned he wants to make his commitment sometime before the season. I think, you know, he, he's coming off of Notre Dame, Georgia, and Penn State. I believe Michigan is his last. I think he's used four, I think he's used four visits already. Kind of think he's the most important one. He's kind of the quintessential speed and space type guy for Gaddis. I think, like I said, when Braden McGregor committed, I said McGregor was their top target overall. I'd argue Henning probably right up there as far as top targets overall on offense this cycle. So, you know, with him being there again and then being sort of in decision mode or, or looking towards a decision mode, you know, I think this visit's like very pivotal in that regard. Michigan just behind Notre Dame on the crystal ball, although I, I, I don't see Notre Dame being the choice they could be i suppose but they're not a school that i would think is michigan's biggest threat here the other guy in a similar i believe is in a similar situation is uh andrew rame top target out of broken arrow oklahoma interior lineman i mean i guess he could probably play on the outside as well i think maybe he's a what i always call a malleable offensive lineman you know could maybe play anywhere across the board He's, I think, would argue. I'd probably argue he's their top overall remaining offensive line target. Michigan battling Oklahoma and Georgia there. Uh, just visited Georgia. You know, he's from he's from Oklahoma. I believe he's been on campus there quite a bit, and is also was once committed to the Sooners. He was just on campus a couple weeks ago, uh, so they're getting him up, getting him up two times in three weeks. I think that's pretty key. I'm sure he liked Georgia. I just it's always at least the way it's been explained to us, is it sounds like it's Michigan or Oklahoma. We'll hmm. see, though. We know Georgia kind of has a knack of <laughs> pulling a rabbit out of a in some of these situations. But, um, you know, I, I, I think he's the other guy I'm especially keeping an eye on as far as the officials go. Okay. And then just, I guess, on, on – well, we can talk about their recruitment later. So who else – I mean, this is, this is a big weekend. I mean, you've mentioned it. It's, you know – it hasn't been quiet for Michigan on the 2020 front, but this is when things start to really pick up. Who are some other names of of players in recruiting, maybe maybe in battles like those two are, or maybe maybe Michigan is really trying to make a huge impression with? I guess what are some of the other names to keep an eye on? Sure, uh, biggest. There's a few. Uh, there's William Mohan, 
out of uh, Brooklyn, New York, who I would argue probably their top target at the Viper spot. I think he's an excellent prospect. I think he's underrated as a three-star guy. Uh, just visited Ohio State. Anybody remembers Erasmus? He goes to Erasmus Hall in Brooklyn, which is where uh, Curtis Samuel, Matthew Jones, you know, Ohio State's done pretty well at that program. Hmm. That being said, Michigan has 100% of the crystal ball predictions, to my knowledge. Uh, again, I think he'd be a great fit. I think, again, he's also a guy I feel like will, could move up. Sometimes those guys, you know, in a, in a place like New York, don't really get a lot of looks. So sometimes they kind of stay where they're at. Uh, another one that really an interest, a really interesting prospect to me is uh, Brendan Rice, wide receiver out of Hamilton High School in Chandler, Arizona. He's the son of Jerry Rice, which automatically makes him really interesting, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> uh, but is a guy that really, up until a couple months ago, you know, hadn't really established himself as such a uh, sort of a national name. He's up there now. You know, I think Michigan probably battling Oregon, Cal. Uh, I think he's interested in Texas A&M, Nebraska, a few other schools too. He's more of the big body receiver that they're looking at, but he's kind of flown up their board uh, the last month or so. Is a guy they really, really are after. Um, Blake Corum will be back up again. Michigan leads the crystal ball there. Four-star running back. Again, another guy we've had listed as a top target well before it looked good for Michigan. You know, he's definitely a guy near at the top of their recruiting board. So, you know, I don't know, USC, I think LSU is still kind of hanging around there. I believe he was supposed to visit Ohio State last weekend as well. I, I just don't see Ohio State being a factor in that one. You know, another guy, Mitchell Melton, outside linebacker, sort of a, I'd say he's more of a defensive end, outside linebacker type guy, maybe an Uche, uh, which we should just basically create a position called the Uche, because uh, so I think it just makes it way easier for people to understand uh, <laughs> well, how they're you know, how they like a certain guy. Yeah. Uh, out of uh, good counsel in Maryland, which, you know, is, for those who follow recruiting, is a program that pumps out, uh, consistently pumps out like four or five star type prospects, guys like Kendall Fuller, Dorian O'Daniel, uh, I mean, many others. I think they got a 2021 Lyman's a top 100 guy, too. So that's another Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State battle. Um, you know, and again, I think Melton's a guy that Michigan has had their eyes on for a while. Probably, I don't think we did a good enough job of covering earlier in the process as far as, like, I think this is a guy they've wanted for a long time. This isn't, like, a new name in their mind, uh, but we probably didn't do a good enough job with him. So, uh, I mean, they got, you know, Jordan Morant's coming back up, nation's top safety, according to 24-7 Sports, that Michigan leads the crystal ball there. Uh, he just visited Penn State. He's said that he's not making a decision till the Army game. Or it's not, sorry, it's not the Army game anymore, but I'm going to basically call it the Army game until I die. Um, but I believe, you know, again, the guys say that they're going to hang on till January, but it doesn't usually pan out that way. We'll see if that may, uh, remains the case or not. I, I still would be surprised, you know, Michigan, Campanelli's brothers, the head coach at Bergen Catholic, Partridge, obviously a big factor in New Jersey. I mean, Michigan's got a lot of factors going in their direction there. Mm -hmm. Playing with Hill. You know, they've, they've brought up Daxon Hill, you know, in that recruitment as far as, you know, this is a guy you could play next to, you know. So a uh, lot of things going in their favor in that recruitment. A couple guys, too, you know, breaking it down a little bit further, there's three guys that really probably also haven't gotten talked about enough. A couple of them recently popped up on the board. 
Chris Jenkins, who actually, now that I look at it, is also out of good counsel. Forgot about that. Uh, defensive end, who I think could translate inside at the next level. Three-star guy. Uh, has offers from Maryland, Northwestern, Air Force, Boston College. He's got a lot of – he has, I believe – I know his dad played in the NFL. He's got NFL bloodlines, like, uh, heavily. You know, and there's a guy I think I'd keep an eye on in the defensive line. DJ Jones, you know, we've talked a lot on the board about Jabari Small out of Memphis, Tennessee, as sort of more your all-purpose, Sainra still type guy uh, that Michigan's recruiting at the running back position. Again, I'd say Sainra still more receiver than back, but, uh, you know, and so like a guy like Jones, more back than a receiver, but still sort of that running, receiving threat out of the backfield. Uh, again, another guy I think we never really talked enough about. That's straight up a Michigan versus North Carolina battle. Uh, I believe Michigan would take him if he wanted in, you know, so he'll be up for the second time. Michigan offered him on his first visit. Another guy I think Michigan believes probably underrated. I think he's at an 87 according to the composite. So, um, and then Jeff Percy, three-star offensive lineman. Again, another guy uh, who Michigan's been after for a really, really long time. You know, and another guy that they may could be. I don't know. I think UCLA might be the other primary school here, but Oklahoma is also in on him. You know, Michigan's quietly battled Oklahoma for three or four offensive linemen this cycle. Uh, you know, they lost out on Noah Nelson out of Arizona a couple months ago. We already talked about Rame. Uh, Percy is another one that's strongly considering Oklahoma, as is uh, Jonah Monheim, also out of California, is a guy I know that Michigan really likes, uh, that Oklahoma is also hot after. So, so is that random. is yeah. that to- is that random, or do you think, because I know Oklahoma, I think, believe they had all five offensive linemen drafted this spring, and uh, maybe Sharon Moore is starting to create some connections with the same paths Oklahoma is, former Oklahoma offensive lineman. Uh, I mean, I guess what is the – do you think it's random and coincidental, or do you think that that's something that, that will continue um, just based on what the teams are looking for? Uh, I mean, I, I think it says more about those the position coaches. You know, Biedenbaugh and Warner, I always believe they were among the best in the country. Uh, at their at their respective at the offensive line spot, okay. you know, as far as assistant coaches go, because that's the thing. Like you know, Percy's from California, Monheim's from California, Nelson's from Arizona. It's not like a geographic thing necessarily, right? Um, it's actually kind of odd. I don't know. I guess Oklahoma's done all right in California, but they're not always a program, especially in Southern California, that you really think a lot about uh, as far as plucking guys out. You know, so I think it's much more about. The preference of the each uh, of those the respective position coaches and the type of prospects they like, but yeah, like you said, you know Oklahoma's churned out a lot of offensive linemen under Beatenbaugh, which to me speaks more volumes. You know, you look at Percy's a three-star guy who, if he committed, would get the requisite reaction from the same subset of fans that cry every time it's not a four-star guy. <laughs> like to me, to me, I'd look at it and like you know if. If Beatenbaugh, if you don't believe enough in what Warner's doing, which obviously you should, I, I think, uh, look at Beatenbaugh, you know, liking these guys as much, and look at all the guys that they've produced, you know, up front over the years. So, you know, that's the way I'd look at it. And again, these aren't guys, I want to say of, of everybody on this list that's coming in, the guys, the only guys I don't think I've mentioned yet, Andrew Gentry, who's a top 100 offensive lineman. I mean, he's he's arguably the most talented prospect coming. And then Jay Brunel, 
uh, who our own Brian Doan just reported will be on campus officially this weekend, wide receiver out of Massachusetts. Every single one of these guys are guys they've been recruiting for months, except for probably Rice and maybe Jenkins. Uh, those two are a little bit newer names, but again, Rice is a guy who's really taken off nationally in the last three weeks, not to mention he's the son of arguably the greatest receiver uh, to ever play, to ever strap strapped up or whatever you want to say about playing football. Yeah, yeah. Um, right? So, you know, so every one of these guys, regardless of their ranking or whatever, these are guys that Michigan has been recruiting for months, if not longer, you know, a year uh, or longer, you know, and so... That's a big, it's a big weekend for them. Um, no other way to put it. You know, this is probably an, until until Notre Dame comes to town in October. This is probably the biggest weekend again. That, and we'll see. You know how could they get up that weekend? I mean, you know, you get Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan State at home. You have to suspect at least one of those would be a big a big weekend, obviously, right? If not all three of them. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say that this is their biggest recruiting weekend. They'll probably do the barbecue at the end of July like they usually do, but uh, because this is official visit season, I think this one will be a this is a much bigger event. Well, and we saw last year, uh, it wasn't, I don't think it was quite directly tied, but right around end of June, early July was the Palooza. you know, when Michigan reeled in seven or eight commitments in, in an eight-day span. Uh, and they really had a couple others. I know we don't really need to address silent commitments, but they had, you know, guys like Sainer still. They they had a sense that that was going to happen around that time too. And so this is when the recruiting class, if if decisions are made, can start to take place. So I'm curious. They have ten commitments now, which is fine. I, I know some people want more, but um, it is what it is. It's ranked 24th in the country or or whatever, but it's. I'm curious, do you expect a similar timeline for how this class will take shape as far as tidying things up early? Or is this a season where maybe some of these, maybe not just the receivers, but, you know, with with a new look offense, you know, with, with um, I guess, just different spots being available or not available, do you expect maybe this is a class that will really round into form more in the fall? I guess I'm curious, do you, do you think the timeline will be similar to last year? Obviously, it won't be that many commitments, most likely, but is it a tidy things up, have your base ready in June, and then focus on the key targets, or is this a little bit more drawn out of a timeline? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I mean, I think more and more kids are wanting to decide early uh, just because I think this early, I've said it a few times, this early official visit period just gives guys that option to, Mm -hmm. you know, go see schools not on their own dime and then get it over with before the season starts. Um, You know, so I think think you're going to see more, you know, I don't know if it'll be a repeat of last year necessarily, right, but I'd be really right. I'd say this, I'd be really surprised if a lot of the guys that they're really, you know, their top target types that if a, a, a decent
decent amount of those guys don't make some kind of decision before their senior season starts. Now, again, whether that's commit to Michigan or elsewhere, we'll see. Uh, but uh, as far as decision timelines, you're seeing more and more kids, you know, making a decision in June, July, or whatever before their senior season starts. Because a lot of guys, like, want to – you know, you think about what it, the way it used to be when you can only take officials, like – you know, you had kids like that would be uh, leaving on like a Friday night after their football game right. to, and take a red eye across the country, you know, to go see. Now you can do it without that that added stress, you know. And most of most of the time, the official visits kind of give you that final idea, you know, of what each school's about, what they offer on off the field, um, you know. And then you can and get it over with, and that way you're a bigger asset to your actual team in high school it's almost like the people forget like these guys have high school teams that they play on they're trying to win uh state championships and stuff so mm-hmm. you know i think so i think you'll see again just because history says so as well i mean you're just gonna i think you're gonna see more and more guys like verbling in the summer uh heading into the fall you know and i think i suspect you know that michigan will be the beneficiary of that in some capacity you know it's just a matter of who and when you know so so spreading spreading it out, taking a macro look. I mean, the, other than the usual things, what what sort of things are working? Because like we know the pr- developing pros, the um, you know the ties to the NFL, the academics, and that and things. We know those are those are always kind of feathers in in Michigan's cap. I'm curious if, what's what else, like, what, what is new or maybe not quite as common or distinct that's working for Michigan with this 2020 class? I mean, there are a few things that have changed. You know, there's there's another 10-win season where they were in the top mix. There's a new coordinator. There are new facilities, which I think are officially done. Uh, if they're not, they will be pretty soon uh, as far as the unveiling. I guess, what have, have you been able to get a sense for... Or maybe there's other things, you know, certain coaches stepping it up on the recruiting trail or, or you know, new new tactics that are working. I mean, what what sort of things, you know, for those who really want to follow these recruiting trends, what sort of things are working for Michigan right now other than the typical things? I mean, I get maybe, I don't know if this may fall into the typical category, but I'm, I'm going down the list of, you know, our top target list on the site. We have 29 names listed. And what, five, six, six of them are committed? No, yeah, six of them are committed. So that leaves, what, 23. Of those 23 prospects, 21 of them have visited. Hmm. Uh, that means that you're putting yourself in a position, you know, you're, at, the, at the very least, you're getting a much better idea of where things may stand between you and whatever guy. So just take like a... Well, you take like a Theo Johnson, for instance, top target at, at tight end, you know, out of the kid out of Canada. You know, Michigan has, they've had him on campus a few times. They have a very good idea on like, okay, is this a guy that we need to keep pushing on? Or is this a guy, maybe he doesn't, he doesn't feel that interested or maybe we're not as interested anymore. Maybe devote our resources elsewhere, right? So you get at least, at the very least, you give yourself an idea of, you know, where things stand on both sides. And if you're going to continue to go after a guy or if it's time to look, look elsewhere, you know, and like that can be really valuable when you, you know, there's only so much time in a day, mm-hmm. you know, for these 
coaches to recruit kids and for, you know, the guys like Matt Dudek to work on setting up the visit or work on, you know, what they're going to do when a kid comes up, you know, and stuff like that. So, so in that regard, you know, that's one thing they've done a great job of is getting most of the guys that I feel like they really want on campus. Uh, the facilities have definitely made a difference. There's, that's something that's been mentioned a few times, you know, the facilities were excellent, you know, so I think so far that's been a win for them. Um, not that it wouldn't have been. I think they're going to impress sure. anyway, but it's it's when some, it's when it's mentioned unwarranted. Okay, uh, is when I think you can really get an idea if something's like significant or not. Like I remember the Amazon series was something that had been was brought up unwarranted last cycle by a lot of guys. Is something that like was basically like a free inside look uh, to the program and you know what it was like. And, and or what it's like and, and what the maybe what the lifestyle is day to day for the players and stuff you know and it's like you know it's like one I think remember one guy saying that was like it was basically like a free unofficial visit in hmm. my mind you know it's like getting to know Harbaugh and seeing how the staff coach and stuff like that so uh, the trips are obviously still a really big plus for them I think I think I've only had like two or three prospects that would have said it you know and again it's that stuff like this none of this stuff is ever really going to maybe be the difference maker necessarily. Right, of course, um, yeah. But sometimes all of these little things can add up and be, you know, it's like it it shows Michigan as a program that really does have like a total package type deal. And I think there's only been one or two kids I've ever asked who have basically said that these trips won't play any kind of factor, you know, in a potential decision in Michigan. So, you know, that, I think that's another – idea of it or whatever and then the other thing too uh, their evaluations I think continue to be excellent um, you know I look at a guy like like when the, when we redid our 2020 rankings at 24-7 sports uh, couldn't even count all the guys that moved up you know so many spots or guys or take a guy like Roman Wilson who Michigan evaluated a couple months ago offered you know now he's a four star uh, because they saw they got in on him and, and, and had eyes on him, you know, before he hit the camp circuit this summer and dominated, you know, and it's like that's they've been doing this for a couple cycles now, you know, where they're comfortable in you know, I think I think Wilson was a three star when they offered, right? Which mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, it's not how they're gonna dictate their offer situation to begin with, but you know, so if you have, you know, like we always talk about last cycle, right? Like how many of those guys like started as like three stars? You look at Charbonnet, Jones, um, even Stewart moved up like 500 spots. I mean, you look at there are a lot of guys that took huge leaps in the rankings, and you know, there are a bunch of these guys they're after right now. Like, well, Morant, I think, was just outside the top 24/7, and is now the nation's top ranked safety according to us. You know, and so. Hmm. As they continue to feel comfortable in the guys they're evaluating and and who they're going after, so um, which is always something I think is what, that a staff is going to try to refine. I mean, the game does change a little bit, right? I mean, it's not you're not like you're seeing a shift out of offense at offensive line, which I think you're going to start to see the rankings reflect this a little bit more as far as the NFL is showing that it's more and more guys who are a little undersized right. coming into college end up being, right? You know, they talk about that. So that's why I see, like, Percy, 6'7", 265. It's like, that's the style, that's the type of offensive line uh, prospect that 
seems to, again, I'm just going based solely off of his size, but people maybe get the under, understand what I'm trying to get at. You know, it's like these are the guys that end up producing at the NFL, or at least these body types are producing more in the NFL than a guy who's, you know, you got your 6'6", 330-pound guy who just mashes kids without pads on at a Nike camp in <laughs> July. You know, it's like, is but he's ranked as like a, you know, he's ranked like 75th in the country, so everyone just loves a guy. Uh, you know, there's just been a shift in that regard, too. And, and Michigan, I think, was a little ahead of the curve there, uh, along with some other programs. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of, I don't want to say the same stuff, um, but I just think that they, I kind of feel like things are sort of a well-oiled machine right now, I, as far as, like, they're getting the guys they want up to campus, and then you, that's as much as you can. That's as basically all you can do until the season starts. You start to win or lose some games, and then you know it really impacts some of the bigger. It impacts the bigger decisions that haven't been made, and then it can either solidify or, with some guys, you know, maybe open it back up if they're not satisfied with what they see on the field. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, they've said it. It's again. This is kind of the, what I call the the foundation part of the, of the, of each cycle. And, and this is, you know, they've done a really good job of setting the foundation, I think right now in 2020. Okay. So, here's the thing, like people are angry about like the ranking and stuff, like comparing it to 2018. I mean, their average per recruit is already a full point higher than 18s was. And they're in on many, many, more four-star prospects. I mean, they only, I mean, they have, what, five in the boat right now. I still think that Hibner, the tight end they got, he's, I think he's a guy that can fly up the rankings eventually once uh, people get a better look at him. And they're in on so many more four-star guys. Uh, I just, I think this class is going to be much more like 16, 17, and 19 than 18 okay. as far as rank, as far as rankings end up going. And again, I, I don't know, this is just me if I'm a somebody who's following it, I, I'm always looking at what the average rating per commit is. I don't care what the national rank is. I don't care what the Big Ten rank is necessarily. You want to be high, um, but that's it's always going to depend on your class size. You know where you're at. I always look at the average rating per recruit. Right now they're at an 89, which is just below four star. You get a couple more four stars in there. You know last year's class, which was top in the Big Ten, tops in the Big Ten, was a 90. Point nine oh seven eight. That's just above a four star average. They're mm-hmm. about a point total. They're about a point behind that right now. Maybe a point and a half. We'll say it's not that far. Yeah. That's a that's that's three or four or four star guys that would put that probably raise that. You know, and then what are people going to complain about, right? So <laughs> okay, it, you know, yeah. So that's where I think that's where things are at right now. Yeah, I mean the two of the right now they're fourth in the Big Ten. Uh, they have 10 commitments. Northwestern has 13, and Iowa has 14. That's why they're ahead. Uh, it's definitely a right. quantity-driven. I mean, yeah, Michigan, you know, Ohio State has a couple you know, big-timers. Yeah, like yeah, Ohio State's got it. And they got the in-state guy with Paris Johnson, which, again, I mean, Ohio State's always going to recruit Ohio really well. I mean, that, those are guys that more often than not are going to go there, but... Um, their recruiting average is three points higher than Iowa and Northwestern. They just have fewer recruits. Right. Yeah. Anyway, right. um, back to the to the visit. Just to just to close things off here, uh, as f- you know, this is a good chance to plug content, but also maybe as a general guide 
of of you know for recruiting heads what they're looking for I guess what uh, and I know, I know this isn't an easy question to answer but what what would count as a win if you're a, if you're a Michigan recruiting fan trying to you know check out on the site and see how things are going you know what are some signs that this is going according to plan I I, I would assume it'd be hard to gauge if it's not going according to plan but um, you know whether it's a chest pounding weekend or a, you know they had a lot of visitors and and they got the experience but maybe it won't pay the dividends maybe some initially had thought I guess what how how can fans keep score uh, heading into this weekend? I, I wouldn't. I, I'll tell you what I wouldn't do uh, if they come out on like Monday and nobody that visited has committed yet. Uh, that doesn't really mean anything. That doesn't mean the weekend was a waste or a failure. To me, it's more about I guess uh, see where they're at in August. Like I said, I think a lot of these guys that are coming up are probably going to decide before their senior before their season starts. And then you see where those guys go. Because here's the thing. What Michigan did so, what they did really well for this weekend, and it's a big win for them in a lot of ways, this is the last weekend before the dead, the summer dead period starts. Hmm. So these guys who are all coming up this weekend, they're, they're not going to be up there. They're not going anywhere else until the end of July at all. You know, And to get that last visit is always a big deal. And I think they worked really hard with a few of these guys to make sure that they were that last You know, a guy like Henning. You know, it's like they worked really hard to get that visit, uh, to get that visit last. You know, and uh, so and they did. You know, like I said, they did with a lot of these guys. So, you know, I think because the dead period starts immediately after this, I don't think people should be so concerned if they don't come out with a ton of verbals. Now, again, I'm not saying that they might that they won't get a verbal or multiple verbals. It's hard, you know, it's hard to say. But I also don't think it's like reason to panic if they don't come out of this weekend with a bunch of like immediate verbal commitments because there's time for that this visit to marinate with some of these guys for a while now you know mm-hmm. and so um so yeah that'd be the that'd be sort of my you know again i feel like i'm probably banging my head against the wall in that regard but <laughs> that's if i was a fan following this stuff that's what i would probably that's how i would gauge it maybe like look at of these guys up here which ones you know before the season starts how many of these guys may be verbal and how many of them did Michigan get? Because mm-hmm. once the season does start and a guy hasn't verbaled, then I think things kind of open back up, right? So, like, if a guy like Henning, who says he's going to decide before the season, if he decides to hold off and wait, then I think it's a, it's game on, you know, until December or whatever, you know, and then that opens Then that creates a situation where you got to get him back up again at mm-hmm. some point. And, uh, okay. you know, so not that you don't want to get a guy back up if he commits, but you understand what I'm saying is it yeah, just puts yeah. more pressure to close the deal or, or to, to, you know, you got to keep going. So, um, that's the way I would look at it personally. Okay. But yeah, if, if we're, if we're talking next Tuesday or Wednesday and they didn't get, they got zero commits out of this trip, uh, this weekend at that point, I, I just don't think it's a reason to freak out or to worry, you know, about where things are at. Okay. Well, you can follow Steve and the entire site's coverage over at the MichiganInsider.com, uh, Michigan.247Sports.com, however you want to get there. Uh, should be lots of stuff. You know, not all of it will be earth-shattering news, but but if you're a recruiting uh, enthusiast, it should be all really interesting. Huge weekend for the Wolverines. Uh, be sure to follow along. Uh, for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24/7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something.